Hello and welcome to another episode of Drivel, the hey. professional motoring podcasts. Uh, podcast, sorry, casts. Well, so we've done See, a few you fucked that up, right? Because that was my line, and and you came in trying to be clever because you wanted to use the word professional. Yeah, and I did. You just fucked it all. Yeah, up. no, I haven't. Go on, you so carry we... on then. You carry on. Yeah, because we are. Because I know you're going to say we're the amateurs. Well, you speak for yourself when you say that. We're, uh, you're an amateur. You don't know what you're doing and stuff. But I class myself as a professional now. So welcome to well a fifty fifty podcast of professional amateurism. Right. That's that's not what I say. The opening line is nothing to do with us being amateur. The opening line is the automotive podcast brought to you by a couple of regular petrol heads. Oh, yeah. That's, Don't you think that might get a bit boring? Why? That's our opening. It's like Anton... I don't know what Anton Deck have as an opening line, by the way, but it's like Anton Deck. So you go, hello, welcome to Drivel. And I say, the automotive podcast brought to you by a couple of regular petrol heads. We are your hosts. I'm Mo. I'm Mo. And that's our intro. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I just want to change it up a little bit. Yeah, well... Good job. Brilliant. Thank you. The listeners at home will love that, I'm sure. They do. Yeah, they did. Brilliant. Anyway, I'm really excited. Well, hang on. Before, before, you just, before you go on and chat shit and drivel and get into minuscule detail about stuff that nobody wants to listen to, don't be driveling on today. I need to get home in time for the football. Okay, that's fine. Good for you. I have no idea what time the football is on. And, I'll and let you un- know when it's okay. done enough. So you'll, you'll let me know when it's time to leave, yeah. when we abruptly cut off the show. Yep. But until then, though, I'm really excited, actually. Well, it doesn't take much, but why? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I was just really excited to record today's episode. Well, I suppose you ain't seen me for about a week or so. It's not weeks. nothing to do yeah, with yeah. you. It's absolutely nothing to do with you. It's just, yeah. And it's, we're not even recording an exciting episode. It's not actually, no. We're not know, talking know, about an exciting no, brand or anything. About, uh, it's it's actually quite a, a bland And they're brand. half the listeners that we do have. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm quite excited anyway. Maybe it's delirium. Gets you, got you out of the house. Got me out of the house. Yes, it That's did indeed. It Had a decent drive down. Uh, do you know what, actually? Drive down. So... I am driving at the moment, uh, and this isn't going to be the, the car that we actually talk about, but I'm driving at the moment a, uh, a family member's car, which is uh, an bland older... Bland as fuck. Sorry? Which is bland as. It is very bland. I saw it outside. It's yeah, it's bland. It's a, it's a family member's Audi A5, which is about 10 years old. Um, and, and the reason I'm driving it at the moment is I've actually offered to help getting it ready to, to be sold. But the reason I want to talk about it, I drove down in that, um, and it's fine, by the way, it runs particularly brilliantly, so when I do come to sell it, anybody who wants to buy a 2010 Audi A5 2-litre TDI manual uh, SE, then hit me up, let me know. But I'm really, really impressed with how little fuel this car uses. You can say what is you it, want about... Is it a diesel? Yes, but... Well, this... then, of course, it's going to use little fuel, isn't it? That's the whole no. point of them fucking oil burners. Yes, they do. And you know what really annoys me? It's people you know what really annoys me? It's people diesels. like you who don't let me make my point. Because there's no you... point to... Listen, go on. Right. In comparison to a diesel engine car, this uses hardly any fuel. And if you remember, this is at the time when VW, Audi and everyone were all uh, accused of their scandal, their emission scandal. Say what you want about the emission scandal, but they made efficient engines. It might be chucking out all sorts of shit from the back for all I know, but in terms of how much diesel it actually uses, minuscule amounts. But to be fair, that's what, this is what annoys me about diesel, yeah? You buy a diesel because you're a tight ass and you don't want to spend money on fuel because you think in your 8,000 miles a year, you're going to save £15,000 on fuel, which you're not going to, right? But people then go talk about how efficient it is. That's why you bought it, yeah? Well, why else Comparing, would you buy a diesel? You can't, pardon? Why else would you buy a diesel? Yeah, exactly. So then you can't be impressed by its efficiency. That's you why you bought it. If you bought it for its efficiency. No, but you knew it's efficiency okay, when you bought on. it because that's why you bought it. In a rare what moment. What I want people to say and hear is, I saved 15 grand on fuel this year, but they won't because they don't. 
Okay, let's move away for a second from cars, which I know is really, really odd for us. And let's say you decided to go and buy a sofa based on comfort. So you bought a sofa because it was comfortable. Then when you got it home and you sat on it after a week, you're like, I knew this was meant to be comfortable, but holy shit, this is another level of comfort. You tell me you wouldn't tell people if you bought an exceptionally comfortable sofa that its comfort levels exceeded your expectations. I do you actually. might not because you I don't know, talk to no, people actually, and have any friends. I do. I, I do actually with our sofa because we paid hardly anything for the sofa and it's lasted for like ages and it's comfortable. But that's because I paid almost next to nothing for it in comparison to other sofas that you paid two, three times the amount for. But my point is you bought it for a purpose which is be comfortable. If it exceeds yeah. that purpose, t- you're going to tell test, people about but it. But if I buy it, so I test it before I buy it so I know it's going to be comfortable. Yeah, but my point is you buy a diesel, right? Because it's fuel efficient. If it's surprisingly so, yes. even more fuel efficient than you expected it to be, why would you not get I don't excited think it, by how that? Can, how can it be surprisingly more fuel efficient? They give you the fuel efficiency figures, right? Let me just tell you this, yeah? I drove 80 miles in it today and the needle did not move. The fuel needle did not move. The range, as I set out, said I had 230 miles left in the tank. After I finished my 80-mile journey, do you know how much it said I've got left in the tank? 215 miles. Yeah. It's using no fuel. Yeah. (laughs) I traveled 80 miles and a theoretical 15 miles of fuel usage, according to that car. So clearly there's something wrong with it, mate. There's nothing wrong with it. It's brilliant. I took the the Astra SE the other day, the 200 miles in it. Is this, a, is, this a, is this one of your vans you're trying this to This is the van, yeah. This is the 150 SE, which is going to, which is up for sale. Oh, nine, eight, 100, only 150,000 miles on it. <laughs> we, we, Fully serviced. We sound like used car traders right now, do we? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a brand new flywheel on it, brand new clutch kit on it, reconditioned gearbox on it, all the X, SE, XP body kit on it, full service history, sweet. Fill it up, half a tank, did 220 miles in a quarter tank. So if any of our four but listeners want to buy a diesel, either a van or, or, oh, yeah, or an Audi yeah. A5... The van is much more practical and much more fun and better looking than the A5. You know it is. I was trying to think of an area to come back from, but... You can't. You know it's better looking than the A5. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank it you. Is. Yeah. And yeah. it's a Vauxhall as well. Well, yeah, so I can't really say anything negative about that because I allegedly love them. So. You love them anyway. Yes, I do. Unfortunately. So, yeah. But yeah, that did two, Not all Vauxhalls, two, some Vauxhalls. 220 miles on a quarter tank. That was quite impressive, actually, on a quarter tank. That's very impressive, yeah. yeah. See? But I'm not going to write I've home got, about it. But I'm not going to write home about it. But I've got you talking about how impressive you were. How that's, impressed that's you were. That's where the conversation the conversation is going. I know, but I suckered you in, too. didn't I? That's my point. No, no, my point was, <laughs> my, my van was also good on mileage, but I would expect it to be being a diesel. Yes, but okay, fine. I expected this to be good on fuel, but it was better than I expected it to be. Even but for have you said that though? Why do people buy diesels? Honestly, genuinely, why? Why? Why do you? You got a, you, you've got a petrol car, clean, efficient, better for the environment. Now nah, I'm going to buy a massive oil burner. Why? Genuinely, right? Because I've got a diesel as well. Private car yeah, that I've got yeah. is a diesel. The reason I bought a diesel is exactly what you said. My tight ass. Now I'm not going to save fifteen thousand pound a year in fuel, no, exactly but perfect. I'm going to save a little bit of money in fuel, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to get maybe a third extra miles out of the tank. And if it's a car that is not particularly exciting to drive, and and, and the car I've got that's a diesel is a four series BMW, so four twenty D. It's not particularly exciting to drive. I bought it. It's a Grand Coupe. I bought it because it's a family car. Me and my wife drive it and we carry our child around in it and we fill up the back with stuff that you'd normally carry around but, with a child. Okay, okay, you're going to go on and, and it does like that, you do. It does but, that job fine. So yeah, why, yeah. Would I, why would I buy the one that does 350 miles okay, or 400 okay. miles in a tank versus one that does 600 miles in a tank? How many miles do you reckon you're going to... Realistically, yeah, 
And I know what you're, how many miles you're going to do in that car in a year. You're about to say, and I know everywhere that you travel. I'm <laughs> well, I know how much you do or don't, really. But realistically, yeah, let's take lock, take lockdown out of the equation. How many miles do you think you're going to do in that in a year? Realist, realistically. Well, when we go and visit the in-laws slash outlaws, they live about 120 miles away from us. And when okay. we're doing that journey, I mean, diesel, motorway journey, something like that, that it's No, no, okay, forget that. 120 that, miles, yeah? Other than there that, and back. Other than that, right? Genuinely, we don't use the car. Right. So, the, how often do you do that? We were doing it once a week. So once a week, right? But then have you offset the cost of how diesels obviously cost more than petrol, right? Uh, I don't know. I bought it on yeah. a PCP. No, no, no. Uh, fuel, fuel, the fuel, fuel cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it costs more. So you might get a hundred and whatever, hundred, a bit more miles out of it, but you've paid for those extra miles. Yeah. I, in reality, I'm not saving a huge amount, right? But it's just a placebo. The, the way I'm justifying it is between the four series that I drive mm-hmm. and then the other car that I drive, I average 30 miles to the gallon, which yeah, is perfectly yeah, acceptable. They're two ends of the spectrum, though. They you are can't two ends of the against that. Yeah. You can p- compare it against my GTI. That's yes. probably about a level. But I get, if I'm, if I'm being stu- really careful, right, anally careful, I'll get 340 miles out of a tank. If I'm driving it normally, just absolutely normally, I'll still get 300 miles out of the tank. And if I hone it, I'll still get 260, 270 out of the tank. But I'm not, but you're paying a premium for the diesel. So that, that extra mileage that you're getting is actually costing you money. Well, I mean, that diesel, that, that, diesel, that diesel has never, never given me less than 450 miles out of the tank. Yeah, but you've still, compared to petrol prices, you've paid for that extra, whatever the I haven't paid an extra, I haven't paid you an extra have, third. Diesel costs on average 13, 13p more than yeah, a litre than petrol. Pan. So, so, so it's about 10% more expensive probably than yeah. petrol, right? So which means if I got 10% more miles out of it, that would be break even. You're saying you're getting about 350 miles top end out of a Golf GTI. That would mean yeah. I would need to get 390 miles out of the 4 Series to be even keel. Because I've got probably the same size fuel tank there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. way in excess of that. I'm getting 450 miles on a bad day, but probably 550 miles on a good day. Well, then a lot of your, oh, if I did motorway runs, if I was on motorway runs, I'd probably get a lot more out of it. Yeah, that's where I got three from. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. That's not what this show was meant to be about at all. We weren't meant to talk about the the the, the yes, false e- the false well, economy or otherwise of diesel cars. You use a script. We don't. You? We don't use a script, but we do you know what notes. we want to talk about. Of course, we use notes because I'm prepared. It's no, you. Research. I know. I know, and, and it's and it shows when I painstakingly go through the edit each and every time after one of these episodes and I have to edit out some of the bullshit that you say because it's just factually incorrect. Although, oh, yeah, see, in I the last episode, I left I that you in. edit the shit out of this. I, in the last episode, I left it in. You know when you spoke about the uh, ZTEC engine being yeah, uh, yeah. completely limitless? I, le- I left not, that in. <laughs> we're not professionals, so why would you edit it out? And that leads me nicely into the disclaimer. Thank you oh. very much, O. <laughs> I can't believe how agitated he gets because I want to talk about a disclaimer. You spent 15 minutes talking drivel and now you still want to do a disclaimer that takes you about 10 minutes as well. The disclaimer won't take me 10 minutes if you don't interrupt me. We go through this every week, right? The disclaimer could take me 30 seconds if you just shut up and let me do it. Let's see what's happening on Instagram. Right, he's going he's gonna to scroll through Instagram and I'm going to give you the disclaimer. And the disclaimer is this. We aren't professional motoring journalists, train drivers, or road testers. We aren't professional podcast hosts or radio hosts either. What we are, though, is a couple of regular petrol heads with microphones. What that means is you should listen to us. 
you should enjoy what we say. That's a uh, that's an instruction. Uh, and if you find it amusing, you can laugh either with us or at us. Doesn't really matter to us. But what you should not do is take anything that we say as advice. And if you do happen to interpret what we say as advice, and then you act upon it, don't blame us when it goes wrong. Especially any mechanical advice you get from O. Even though he claims he's a mechanical god, he really isn't. So there you go. Disclaimer out of the way. See how easy it is when you don't interrupt me. Are you finished with your Instagram scrolling? He's not finished with huh? his Instagram. Are you finished scrolling Instagram? Because I finished, finished the disclaimer. Are you finished the disclaimer? I finished the disclaimer. Well, I just let you know he may not be a professional, but I am. Okay. Especially when it comes to mechanics. Oh, there so we go. I See? <laughs> I told you he was going to say that. But actually, can we call out speaking of as I was on Instagram? Can we we can shout people in? It doesn't matter. We're not. Well, we're not this, the BBC this is what ITV. I want to do before I got to the main feature. It's almost like you've read my script. It's almost like script, I see, it's what I don't need a script because I'm a natural. Whereas you have to write down notes and stuff well, like bef- that. Before but we carry on. Before we shout at anybody else, should we just shout at our own page first? Our own pages. Yes, yes. If you're not already following us, and I, again, I don't know why, because we say every single week. Right now, as you're listening to us, take your phone, put it in your hand, unlock your phone, mm-hmm. click that little icon that says Instagram on it or looks like the Instagram camera thing or whatever it is. Go and search and search for at Drivel Podcast, all one word. Maybe that's maybe that's the issue that we don't tell them it's one word. At Drivel oh, yeah. Podcast, all one word, and then hit follow. While you're there, go to any post, any or any of them, maybe even the latest one, and just leave a comment. Any comment yeah, you yeah, like, yeah. whatever you like. Interact Question with the mark, post. an emoji, whatever, man. Anything, right? Just interact with us. Get us up on those rating charts, please. Well, not rating charts. I know it's just rating charts, but just get us up on the... Uh, uh, just follow us, promote chart. us. Yeah, yeah. And actually, and you, what you can do, if there are people in your life, followers on your Instagram, who you really, really don't like, share yeah, our yeah. page. Yeah. Take a post, Facebook stick it well. on your Facebook, story. Man. We've got stuff on the Facebook page. Yeah, you can do that on Facebook as yeah. well. Share share what we're doing so that other people who follow you might go, oh, I know this person. I like this person. I trust this person's opinion. I will also follow Drivel. Yeah. And then you will have sought revenge for whatever act of revenge you wanted to seek. Here's a thought as well for all you Facebook, Instagram story addicts that have to like post every time you do something and turn it into a story or when you're going for a run or you're going for a jog or whatever I think they're known as influencers they're not influencers they're well they don't influence we you don't have any influencers following us they think they might think they are they might want to be but they're not influencers but if you're going out for a run or you're going out for a jog you're doing something physical stick your headphones in listen to drivel then you won't be episodes behind simple and then when you finish and you come home instead of posting how many kilometers you've run what your elevation rate is what your heart rate was what you're about to sit down and watch for tv no one gives a shit (laughs) no one gives a shit now i'm not saying they're going to care that you watched listen sorry to drivel but why don't you post about that instead of this other shit that we have to every time you jump onto facebook or instagram see you doing nobody gives a shit okay what you're watching what you're eating how far you ran how far you drove the sun's set the sun's rising i can see all of that i live in the same planet as everyone else i know the sun went down i know the sun came up i know what the weather's going to be in the week it's an app on my phone so just tell people what you've been listening to drivel well if 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 you and david attenborough got together You'd be polar opposites, wouldn't you? He'd be there talking about the planet and look at this wonderful miracle of nature. And you'd be like, I live on the fucking planet, Dave. I, I know this shit already. Do Stop you know telling what? me. You you open up Facebook and there's a post. Some, oh, the sun's going down. Oh, look, it's snowing outside. I fucking know. <laughs> well, what if the person is posting if, from Russia? I, what, why would you know that? You don't why, live in Russia. Why would I give a shit? If I'm not in Russia. <laughs> I have the weather lady. 
weather person, sorry, to give me the weather. What, do, do weather oh, no, I don't give a shit what you watch because I'm going to watch what I'm watching. Do weather people still exist? Do yeah. they still have a job? Yeah. Wasn't yeah, there that John yeah, Suchet bloke who used to hop around the map? I don't think John Suchet... John Suchet... I think he's a uh, news reporter. I don't think he's a... Who's the weather guy? Michael Fish. Michael Fish... My God, that's, is that the last time you watched the news or the weather? That probably is the last time I watched the news or the weather, yeah. No, no, weather people are still there. Really? Because they've just been replaced by like a little widget on my phone. Oh, yeah, that's what most people do. But yeah, to be fair, actually, I don't, I don't see the point in them. I think they just keep them going for a while. But I actually don't see the point in them. Especially when you've got twats on Facebook telling you what the weather is. Well, there you go, right? You've got two things. You, you've got an actual app that gives you the weather. And if that wasn't enough, you can go onto Facebook or Instagram and you can scroll through any number of posts that also tell you what the weather is. It's just, it's just, it's just. Well, I've completely lost track of what we were talking. Oh yes, that's it. We were plugging our socials at Drivel Podcast on Instagram oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Drivel on Facebook. And I was telling stop you, post, stop posting about the weather. And post, post about, about Drivel. That's, that's it. That's, that was the point. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, who, I was going to shout someone out actually. Yeah, go. And the reason I want to shout these people out is because they, to be fair, they're quite, they are quite interactive with us on Instagram. They do oh, yeah. reply to a lot and don't. So Carnata. Yes, I can't so, wait until uh, restrictions are lifted. Oh, mate. June, June, isn't it? After, after June, we should be fine to do whatever, right? Yes, and we will be going down and seeing Carnata at their, at at their, their place, place in so, the Midlands. They're basically a car enthusiast place, and they've opened up, and it's like a... It's like it's a drive-in museum. drive-in moment. museum, and they've got cars and that there, but they yeah. always... you know, They do support us very well on Instagram. They always interact with us and stuff like that, so just a shout-out to them. If you fancy a nice day out, you want to see some. They have a range from some classics to modern cars to all sorts. Excuse yeah. me, all sorts coming there. And it and depends have, who turns up on the day, right? Because people turn up with interesting cars. Yeah, you can have a yeah, look around. Yeah, they do. I mean, got, yeah, I mean, they've got an Alpha there. That they quite like. That they seem yeah, to they're showcasing nice. there. But you can, and, and it's how, as in, it's um, indoors as well. So yeah, it's, like a, it's there, like a massive there. barn type thing. Yeah, have a coffee, look at their cars. Look I mean, at the I mean that if he's got. listening to this, I'm sure he is. We're really sorry because we've probably done a really bad job of plugging what it is that you do. <laughs> Feel free to drop us a drop us a line and tell us what it is you do. Well, you do actually do, and we will correct yeah. it and, and make sure we talk about it in the next episode. But you're absolutely right. I can't wait for the restrictions to be lifted to go and check out the places like that and start kind yeah, of yeah, interacting yeah. again Definitely. with the with the car crowd. I know Definitely. there are some car shows that are still happening right now, but they're they're not yeah, small they're, they're, scale, I think, yeah. Small scale and, and they're not exactly legit. Yeah, right? yeah. And, I need to make sure I've got my rover before I go there. Well you said this, didn't you? You did yeah, say yeah. you wanted to go up in a rover yeah, and then we could maybe even have a chat to some car enthusiasts and yeah. you know Get some content for the for the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're worried about not making it back, so. Well, yes. You, you well, maybe I'll drive there in my own car. You're so driving I can, in your own car. So so you're I not worthy. I'm not having you sitting the rover. No, it's where you need to probably but keep like, five five litre bottle of water or something to top up the radiator, right? <laughs> Carnata will appreciate it. That's all that matters. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other place I want to shout out, we've had some interaction from this week, uh, is uh, the wheel specialist in Maidenhead. So, yeah, yeah. great guy. Um, I actually didn't know him at all until I went to him as a customer to get some wheels refurbished on an E46 M3. After seeing the, the owner's own E46 M3 and, and uh, what he did with his wheels, he did a fantastic job. They looked brilliant. I gave him a call, worked out a deal. And as I said, this I was just a normal customer. He didn't know me from anybody else. Gave me a great deal, went in, booked my car, and we started having a, a chat about cars because he's a petrol head. Um, and since then, you know, it's been, it's weird about this. I think it's weird. It's a wonderful thing about car culture. You connect because you have a passion for cars and kind of 
nothing else. Uh, and, and recently shown a lot of love for the Drivel podcast page. So absolutely shout out to Will Specialist Maidenhead. If you've curbed your rims or if you fancy a color change uh, and want to do something a little bit different, honestly, go and check those guys out. If you're anywhere near Maidenhead, or even if you are, genuinely worth the visit because the, the, the level of work is exceptional and value for money is pretty good as well for what you're getting in return. Your beard shaper listens to you a fair bit as well, doesn't it? My he? beard shaper, yes. Yeah. My, uh, my my hairdresser, my barber, yeah. Hairdresser. Shout out the ginger gent. Yes, he does. It's a barber. He's not your hairdresser. He's, your He's a barber. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. No, you said your hairdresser. Oh, did I say hairdresser? Yeah. So, sorry, Ginger Jack. I know we're all about LGBT <laughs> and all that stuff, and that's all cool and that, but he's still... No, he's a barber. He's a barber. He's yeah. a barber, yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, as we're talking, short, actually, not shout-outs, but a request or a plea, if any of the listeners out here are, do, are uh, bodywork specialists or smart repair guys, get in touch. Is that because that's where your mechanical talents come to an end? No, they could, but I just can't be bothered with the time it takes on that. Um, and yeah, I suppose... But you're my, a professional. Mechanic. It's a professional mechanic, Mo. Okay, mechanic is a mechanic. Bodywork specialist is a bodywork specialist. Right. Two different things there. Two, okay, okay, fine. Two different things. Yeah. Anyway, can we get into what we're talking about now? We are. We're talking. That's what, this is what we're doing. This, this is actually probably the only show where we've actually stayed true to our title, Driven. This is, that's true. I mean, without you say, you, you say that. Without we you keeping us to a script and to a timeline. We've never had a script. Even episode one didn't have a script. Even though it sounded like we were scripted in episode yeah, one yeah. because we were so nervous and pretty shit at this See. and not very natural. We didn't even have a script for This is proper one. drivel, this is. This is proper drivel. And you know what I want to drivel about, though? Because we do decide what we're going to talk about ahead of the show. Yeah, we don't want to talk about much, decide much else, but we talk about, decide what we want to talk about. Yeah. We want to talk about Peugeot this week. No, that just goes to prove that we don't talk about. I think I, I think I hang on, hang on. Shh, shh, shh. I think I can hear the listeners dropping off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so we are going to talk about Peugeot. Unfortunately, fortunately, fortunately, I don't know the the car I want to talk about. I was actually I was impressed with. So the car that inspired today's episode was the Peugeot five hundred eight. What the new one? Yes, the new one. So it has been around for bloody ages, actually. Uh, but actually, no, no. It's probably only been around for maybe no. a year or so, isn't it? No. So, so the Peugeot five hundred eight has been around since two thousand and ten. But that version huh? was dull, and nobody cares about it. You talking about the one at the back that kind of looks like it's got Mustang lights? Yes, because that's the face. Two thousand and ten. Originally, it was from two thousand and ten. But, 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 it didn't have the Mustang lights back then. In two thousand and ten, it was still called a five hundred eight, but it was fucking disgusting, and it was just a blob on wheels. It was a typical Peugeot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in 2018, late 17 or, or early 18, they facelifted it and it looks really, really nice. So was it actually... If, so here's one of the things that's confusing, yeah, when you get facelifts or new models, yeah? So to me, that wasn't a facelift. No, that, that was, was a new all new model. model. It was. It was, a, it was a new model called exactly the same thing as the old model. It was still called a 508. Is, to be fair, that's what most... Can't, like if you if you talk about like the three yeah, series of the BMW yeah. five series, they keep the name the same. It's not like the name. Yeah, changes. the chassis generation changes, or they call it a mark. In, you know, yeah, the chassis Golf name mark changes, like the yeah, E F G whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. My, my research didn't take me that far to tell you what the chassis code is for oh. the new variant of the five hundred eight. But yeah, the five hundred eight is what I want to talk about. But before mm. I do that, right, I started doing a little bit of research into Peugeot, just generally into Peugeot, and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys, the listeners, and you, 10 interesting facts about Peugeot. <laughs> you fucking are. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> what I will tell you now is that I didn't get as far as 10. <laughs> I gave up at 6. Oh, so you thought I'm going to let, I need to find 10 interesting I facts. I thought I'm going to find 10 shit, interesting find facts. 10. And then I actually stopped at, at 6. 
some of these facts actually came from my own head rather than actual facts that I, I googled. The first one. So you're just trying to live up to the disclaimer here. What that we're not professional. That you're not a professional. Yeah. No, but my knowledge precedes me, even about Peugeots. Did you know that Peugeot? No, you didn't. Did you know that Peugeot are the reason why the Porsche 911 is called the 911? Is this a fact that you made up in your head? 100% not a fact I made up in my head, but one I knew. Peugeot is the reason the Porsche 911 is called the Porsche 911? Yes. Is that the Porsche part or the 911 part? 911 part. All right, go on. Go on because go on. the Porsche 911 was initially, originally, when oh. it was launched as a concept car, was called a 901. Peugeot had a problem with that because they said, we own the rights to all car models that are three-digit numbers with a zero in the middle. 205, 206, Oh, and obviously you could get confused, couldn't you? Well, whether you could, couldn't. You could yeah. so, so apparently this was a trademarked Peugeot thing, right? And they won that case. Is so that Porsche, genuinely, genuinely 100% true, when Porsche put the 901 into production, 901 into production, they had to call it the 911. And it's oh, been the 911. So the 911 was supposed to be 901, yeah? Yes. But then Porsche, Peugeot came in. Peugeot were like, fuck off, that's us. Well, you dickheads, had you have kept quiet, you might have had some people that confused the Porsche with the Peugeot. <laughs> you could have got a few fucking sales. Might dickheads. Yes, yeah, like, I really, really like the 901. I can't afford it. I'll buy a 405 <laughs> instead. <laughs> I'll wait, buy wait, a 306 CC. So they did actually have a 901 option. They just had the copyright to have zero in the middle of a three-digit Correct. Oh. Yeah. So, oh so, so I don't, I'm not sure if Peugeot ever released a model called a 901. Should I search now while you're doing it? I'll add to your. I don't. Th- I don't know if they ever did. Right. Um, so that's one. Another thing. Peugeot. I was incredibly well you known. Never spell Peugeot right. You know that. I rely on. I don't. I don't even know if Peugeot spell it right. To be <laughs> fair. Um, another. Another thing. Peugeot for some reason are synonymous with concept cars. Have you noticed that every single car show? Not that there's many anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But like the Geneva Motor Show, the international motor show that comes to the UK and all that, Peugeot always unveil a concept car. I never understand concept cars. Do you know how many concept cars Peugeot have made? Would you like to hazard a guess? By that, probably a shitload. 53. Bloody hell. 53 since 1984. That's more than one a year. That's more, yeah, that is, isn't it's, it? It's a lot more than one a year. No, just they, they never actually had a Peugeot. They didn't, did they? No. And uh, by the way... So many concept cars. You know, the one that I found the most interesting mm-hmm. was in, given the history of, you can't call it a 901, the zero is our name. In 1996, they had one called the Tuareg. Shut <laughs> Are you serious? Serious, <laughs> yeah. Um, which for people listening who don't know, the Tuareg, Tuareg oh, is the name of a Volkswagen 4x4 model. Oh, this was, by the way, I'd say it was a 4x4 concept. It looked like a child's June buggy and it had these weird kind of inflatable tires i can't describe it i'll put a picture up on the instagram at the time this goes live you'll, you'll see the picture and you'll be able to see it crazy crazy right and i thought okay if they made 53 concept cars between 1984 and current date surely a lot of them must have just been pre-production models that then became oh, that they class as concepts yeah no yeah. less than five were pre-production models Are you serious? most of them were just off the wall crazy concept cars that that in but some instances you know, had engines that could run and drive and shit like that. I was so, about to say you do spend money making concept cars. It's not like you just you know it's done for free. You still spend design time, engineer time, and stuff really, like that. Yeah. And it's like what, what what are you trying to show off? Absolutely, you fucking do. And some getting, of them, some of the manufacturers, they make you think. Oh, you know what? That's pretty. Why would you not put that into production? Well, I'll tell you why they don't put it in production because they made the Peugeot two hundred six instead. Man. Oh, maybe though. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Generally though, generally, like, sometimes you see some of these. Yeah, Mercs, yeah it's true. 
Peugeots, uh, Mercs, BMWs. They put, they put a lot of like concept cars out there. Some of them look quite nice. They actually. look very nice, yeah. Yeah, and you think, why would you not do it? That's always baffled me a little bit. I, I get but, it, because you want to showcase what your design team can do. In which case, just publish a poster or a drawing. Yeah, but then I guess what they were, I guess it's like with anything, right? they've got all that, it's probably like with iPhone and stuff, they've got that technology there, but they want to drip feed it to everyone of ours. They run out of shit to to make or to shout about that we've got this feature or that feature. So it probably yeah, comes potentially. slowly, slowly. And yeah, stuff. yeah, maybe, maybe. So could yeah. be, could be, could be a fact. Actually, speaking of, I don't know why this popped into my head when you talked about car shows now, but Aston Martin, mm-hmm. about, but they're back, they're back into Formula One now, actually. They launched, they're going to be in Formula One this year after about, God, 80 odd years or something, I think. 80, 60, did you say? Six, 60 or 80 odd years, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I can't, I can't. I mean, they had a small steam, but it wasn't, it wasn't great, but now they've actually come in. I mean, I, I'm not a Formula One fan, as you know, anyway, but I can never, I can't recall ever for Aston Martin being in Formula One. So that's pretty big, yeah, actually. That, and, and Formula One's a massive investment. I didn't realise Aston Martin had all that kind of cash behind them. At well, the they're struggling. No, no, I, was really, I was really into it. They, they were, they kind of, well, they are now, obviously, as most of them, they were, but um, the Lance Stroll, their owner, who's Canadian. So, um, actually, someone asked him the other day, actually, do you, do you think Aston Martin is still British? He was like, look, I'm Canadian. I think one of the other guys who runs it is a European from somewhere. Yeah. He was like, but we make them in England. So, you know, they're still British-based and stuff, which I suppose that's what, I suppose that was matters. It doesn't really matter who owns you, does it? I mean, is that, if you think of JLR, Jaguar Land Rover, they're owned by Tata, does that make them Indian or British? Yeah, well, I mean, you could argue it's where, where it's manufactured, but in that case, you've got a lot of, like, um, BMW make a lot of their uh, 4x4 cars oh, in, in, in the States and stuff like that, so yeah. does that mean they're not German? I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, I, but, but Aston yeah. Martin are, um, uh, they're put together wholly in the UK, so you don't yeah, take anything outside. Yeah, maybe, maybe they but, are. Um, but yeah, they were talking about it, and he said, um, and to your point about Formula 1 being a big investment, they said, like, he wants to take Aston Martin to the... To the Ferrari level, in the sense that their business model is is pretty much based on and off Formula One. What because of the technology that they they yeah and the success Formula. that they get, they genuinely attribute it to Formula One, and that's Do they? how they started. Yeah, and then that's how they went into road cars and stuff. How so, many millionaires are sat there watching Formula One on the weekend and going, "Oh, therefore, I'm next car I'm going to buy is a Ferrari." Most a of the time, not maybe not so much now, but I mean, how they started and how they kicked off. Most of the time, it's people. I was going to say people like you or I, but I don't watch Formula One. Most yeah, of people yeah. like you, right? And 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 kind of tell me if I'm missing something here, and if I am, why the fuck did you hold out on me? But it's not like you're going to watch the Formula One the weekend and go, oh Ferrari one. I might go and buy a Ferrari on Monday. No, no, you're exactly. not missing that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but not so much now. Back in the day, though, that's how that's how it would work. That's how they started and kicked off from that. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's good. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit. It is a bit dull and boring now. I mean, when they, the races used to be tight, it was it was good to watch. Um, but hopefully now it's people like Aston Martin coming well, in. Well, well, let's see, it right? Maybe more. more yeah, if, if it forces them to become a bit more technologically advanced and that filters down to their road cars, that could be interesting. I'd oh be yeah, interested the technology does always filter. The technology always filters down to the to the road cars. Yeah. Certainly, engine technology. The rest of right. it. Back to the interesting facts about Peugeot. The best-selling Peugeot ever made was the Peugeot two hundred six. Do you want to know how many were sold globally? No, I don't. But guess. I don't want to guess. Just guess. Who buys fucking Peugeots? I don't know, 50? 8.3 million. Are you serious? When was this launched? 8.3 million Peugeot 206s were sold between 1998 and 2016. Now, you're probably sat there going, hang on, they never made a 206 in 2016. You're right. In the UK, they stopped in 2006. But 
as recent as 2016, they were still making and selling the thing brand new in Argentina. Oh, that thing! They didn't make that in the UK? No, no, as in like being sold in the UK, right? The oh. newest one you could buy in the UK was a 2006 because then the 207 came along. Oh, after that, they stopped making it, they stopped selling it in the stopped UK. Stopped selling it in the UK, but they came global markets, yeah. 8.3 million sold globally, 5.1 million in Europe. And I would estimate that approximately 3 million are in Paris, right in the middle of it. And the other 2 million... <laughs> Around the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, and, and the other 2 million are on the A404. Oh, this is what they based the 206cc on, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, the 206cc was a variant of the 206. I think, actually, actually, you know what? I'll tell you one, one, one thing you can attribute to them, or fact, is they were the first company to introduce the hardtop. What, hardtop convertible? Yeah. Were they? Yes, they Which model was it. that, do you know? It was the 206cc. Was that the first hardtop convertible? That was the first hardtop convertible. Right, I'm going to make a confession now, and you're going to judge You've me for it. You've probably owned one. No, no, I haven't. Not that bad you of a confession. You want to own one. No, I, when that car came out and I first saw it, I remember seeing it on the road, I thought, what? A, that's a nice looking thing. The 206cc. I, genuinely. Want, it's like a, it's a Puma shoe, man. It Puma shoes nice. were not good. <laughs> no, that's what you wore to PE if you wanted to get picked on by the popular kids. Yeah, that's what you wore because you couldn't afford anything else. Yeah, this is not. That's not. No, that was a Puma. Although nowadays, have you seen how much Pumas cost? Jesus Christ! Football boots, yeah. Well, even some of the running trainers. One of their trainers. Rumor has it. I don't know if this. Is, and so they they were the first people to introduce it. And then do you know which car manufacturer and which model next used it after the two hundred six CC? When did you next see the hardtop? BMW's E93 convertible. Not saw it before that. In a hardtop convertible. Lexus? Nope. You know I'm thinking of the SC430 when I said that. I'm trying to think what yeah. cars were made around 2004. Nissan Micro CC? No, no, it was one of the Germans. I'll give you that. One of the Germans. Hardtop convertible, ugly looking thing. To be fair, that's, there's so many. I can't. Don't know. The Mercedes SLK. Oh, yeah, that was a hardtop convertible. That was the first time Mercedes used a hardtop convertible. Yeah, that came out in 1998. And rumour has it, they purchased, they paid Peugeot royalties or whatever to use the technology to use make the hardtop. See, you've got and to give it to... And then they patented it or something like that. You've got to give it to Peugeot, right? The whole zero thing in the middle, trademarking that, not going to let you do it. The hardtop convertible yeah. thing, whenever they come up with... An idea. I was going to say a good idea, but even having the zero in the middle is not a good idea. It's just yeah, an idea. Yeah. They'll go, fuck off, it's mine. Anybody yeah. else wants it, you're going to pay me or you're yeah. not going to have it. Yeah. I like it. I like the attitude. So, yeah, so they took it. Feisty. Yeah, and then Mercedes took it, put it on the SLK, uh, SLK then it came on the SL. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, do you know what? Actually, do you know which? Most hard tops, not most convertibles now, are hard tops, right? Yeah, they're moving that way just because it's. Uh, much I think more they moved that way a long, a long, long, long time ago. Which manufacturer though hasn't copied that and hasn't gone down the hardtop convertible route ever, ever? Oh, this is a good one. Audi. Yeah. Yes. Notice how they have. Actually, I don't even know if they do a convertible now. Okay, they do the TT convertible, don't they? TT convertible. I think the A5 still comes out. It comes in a convertible as oh, well. So and then the R8 is a convertible. But you're right. They're all soft top convertibles. Or soft tops. And, and actually, the, the R8 and the TT are small enough to have hard top convertible roofs if they wanted yeah. to, but they've chosen not to. Yeah, Fair so it's R5. -ish. But actually, and, and another thing, what they also don't do, and I'm pretty sure on this one, but you could correct me if I'm wrong, they don't do... So with the old manufacturers, you had a s s convertible, you could buy an optional hard top to put on it. 
Oh yeah, I remember that on the E46 BMWs. Yeah. Audi, a stupid idea. Audi never offered a hard top for their a hard top like fixed hard top. Fixed hard top. Good. It's their, a stupid yeah. fucking idea. You buy this thing, you can't put it on on your own. So you can only buy it if you have somebody on hand to be able to help you put this, you know, forty kilogram well, it, it roof makes, on, the, on it your car. It makes the car look a lot nicer, to be fair. And then when you take it off, you've got to find somewhere to put it. If you haven't got a garage, you're fucked. And if you have got a garage, you yeah, leave your true. roof in there. That's you can't true. actually put your car in there afterwards. What a but stupid it does, idea! It does make the car look a lot nicer with it on. But I think the idea is in winter to protect your roof. Well, or you could just buy the coupe if you wanted it to look nicer. Oh yeah, yeah. that's if you want to look. But I mean, generally, I think it's just to protect your. Protect your... Who knows? Protect your roof. Probably just so they can sell you... Or you could just... It's expensive. Ditch convertibles anyway, because they're just for... Right. Fun fact number four, then. We've had quite a lot of facts, actually. It's been quite a factual show already. No, I didn't do any research. Worrying, and you didn't do any research. Even more worrying. Who are you, and what have you done with those? Um, Peugeot also make kitchenware. I don't know if you remember this from our uh, drivel uh, Christmas list, where we gave you all uh, some suggestions of Christmas gifts that you could buy that were made by manufacturers, and we had... Tracksuits by BMW, and we had uh, knives by Peugeot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could buy oh, you can buy yeah. knives from by Peugeot. But from do you Peugeot. know why that is though? I do know why that is. Why? It's because they started out selling salt and pepper mills and coffee mills and bicycles well, in the eighteen no, hundreds. No. That's where that. that's where Peugeot started. No, they started as steel manufacturers. Oh right, so they're just steel manufacturing, and yeah. then they went into kitchenware. And then, well, yeah, oh, and then salt and stuff like that. Wow. So uh, there you go. If you want a, a Peugeot branded... Salt's a big business, actually. Sorry? Salt's a big business. Yeah. Salt and pepper mills, I'm not sure, are that big a business, though. Salts are. You need salts in everything. I know, but you don't need a fancy fucking grinder, do you? No, but some people are pretentious, and they like to have all the fancy shit. Well, there you go. It's not good enough that a grinder just grinds. It's got to have a Peugeot badge on it. Yeah, there you go. I never yeah. thought I'd yeah. say that. <laughs> I'm pretentious, therefore it must have a Peugeot badge on it. Um the first car ever to be stolen in history was a Peugeot. Seriously? Yeah. Sure, it wasn't just the owner just ditching it somewhere. Again, no, you know who it was stolen by? The uh, owner's mechanic. A what? The owner's mechanic. Shut up. <laughs> no. Why? Well, he tried to make off with the car in 1896, uh, and then they caught up with him down the road, probably when the Peugeot broke down. <laughs> um, and... Nice link, even though I've already spoken about it, into the car I'm actually talking about. The Peugeot 508 won the 2012 Portugal Car of the Year Award. The that, Portugal Car of the Year Award, boy. That, that prestigious... Com- competition there. That is one prestigious award. It's almost as prestigious as the Top Gear Award. It is almost as prestigious as the Top Gear Award. So that leads me on to the 508. Is that all your facts? That's all my facts. As I said, I ran out. I said ran out. I couldn't be bothered anymore after well, the six. For you. They, 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 they actually tried to launch in India. They actually did launch in India in 1994. Launch what in India? The as in, Peugeot. Oh, no, I'm not surprised because yeah. in 1994 they, they were still leave. making small cars, right? Yeah. And actually that kind of stuff sells the 20, really well. 20 something actually. Well, they, they had the 106 in... 309. 309 it was. In 1994. Yeah. 309 was, in 1997. The 309 was a, like a small hatchback car, wasn't yeah. it? Like slightly bigger than a, a 205 type sized car. Yeah. But they yeah. left in 1997. Well, it didn't, didn't go very well then. Yeah. Well, apparently the cars were selling well, but there was a load of labour issues and riots and stuff like that. And then... The company that they were with trying to rip them off and stuff like that because they had to do a joint venture, isn't it? Because for some reason in South Asia they try and protect the home, the home manufacturing automotive manu- the home manufacturing com- companies, automotive companies. But the thing is, they don't actually manufacture any of their own cars; they just build them there. So like Nissan, um, yeah. So the uh, so the plants Suzuki exist. The plants are in there, so yeah. that's why the import tariffs are so high. 
because they want to protect her. But I think we mentioned last week, Kia had gone into Pakistan actually inside and has been outselling all the current manufacturers that are there, which is quite good. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Another bit of news actually in, in South Asia or well, Pakistan, anyway, they announced that now airbags have to be fitted as standard and all new cars built. Really? As in, like, I'm genuinely shocked that it's taken until 2021 for them to make that decision because driving is dangerous and shit and especially in countries like that where let's face it the rules of the road don't really exist do you know what you say it's dangerous right that's where i learned to drive that's wow I-, I rest my case <laughs> i rest my case i learned to drive and ride a motorbike in pakistan and you think it's dangerous there but you know what out there you have to look out for yourself not anyone else and that actually almost makes it safer to drive it looks like it's chaos it's dangerous but it's not because if Everyone's looking out for themselves. Inevitably, they've got to look around what's around behind them or around them. So they're not going to want to bang into anything. So in some crazy way that's unexplainable, everyone <laughs> manages to carry it. You don't need lanes there. They've got <laughs> lanes, but I think they just don't exist. Like you, Actually, they're generally on the roads. I don't think they bother painting lines now when they what make What a waste of paint that would be. Yeah, it is. But somehow people just manage to get through and... What what is what does cause problems out there and what is dangerous is at night time there they have no street light no lightning no street lighting on most yeah. of the roads like the dual carriageways and some of the big forget motorways now they've just started doing but some of the massive like highways dual highways that run between two massive cities and they don't they've only just started putting things like cat eyes in there yeah but then a lot of people there because the laws are a bit lenient like they, they won't have lights. Literally, cars will be driving with no lights or just a fog light or no tail light or one headlight. And a lot of times people there think what's coming to them is a motorbike. But it's actually a car. But it's actually a car. So a truck driver will think, oh, that's just a a motorbike, so I don't need to leave as much whip for stuff like that. And that's how a lot of the accidents happen. Poor car maintenance. You know, as you were talking then, I started connecting dots and a lot of things made sense to me. First of all, it's why you're such a selfish driver because you just look out for yourself. And then the second thing is, does that mean that you might have had one or several accidents where you bumped your head? Because if you did and had head injuries earlier in life, that would also explain a lot of what we're seeing today. Listen, you twat. First of all, <laughs> I don't know where you get this thing about me being a bad driver. Is <laughs> My driving is absolutely fine, mate. It's just every fucker else on the road, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because they don't know the rules of the road. They don't know how to, they don't know how to drive. Like today, so, like I was coming on down the motorway today and like, you know, with the, obviously all this smart motorway bullshit going on. So when people merge in, Right, Smart the first bullshit. lane, the lines are longer. Yeah, what that means is you can't move into that lane. So some truck driver decides to move over right next to the lane where people are merging in from the motorway oh, right, and wants okay. to someone out. So that's why people. But my driver, mate, never had an accident. Had you on the racetrack, so my driver's absolutely fine. <laughs> That's the secret. Anyway, shall we start talking about the Peugeot 508, given that we are... Is that not uh, what you've been talking about this whole time? How far, Wait, how far are we in? Because remember, I've got to How far are we? We're probably about 40 minutes into the show, and we oh. still haven't even started talking about the car that we want to talk about. Oh, don't yeah. worry, don't worry, listeners. We're not going to talk about it for that long. Well, yes, I'm going to... But shall we start talking about the 508? You did, you've been talking about Peugeot for the last 20 minutes. We've been talking you? about Peugeot. I gave you some interesting facts about Peugeot, mm-hmm. but not about the Peugeot that I actually drove. Oh, that's not really... I mean, every Peugeot is the same as the other Peugeot, isn't it? It's, well, it's not, right? Okay. This is the thing. For me, the the main difference about this Peugeot is the design. You already mentioned, like, the Mustang. Yeah, actually, like, yes. yes. And, and this is... It looks really, really good. The yeah. thing I find weird about the looks of this one, though... It looks better in person than it does in pictures. I've seen a lot. Does it? Looked at a lot of pictures of it recently, 
and like press photos and you know media launch photos and things and that's where they want to make the car look its best in pictures and it doesn't do the car any justice at all when you look at it in the flesh it's a much nicer looking thing than it comes across. Oh, it's in nicer in the flesh, is it? A lot nicer, yeah. It's it's kind of got this sporty, suave, swoopy look thing going on, but mm-hmm. without being too angular and aggressive and just kind of stupid looking. Okay. They've, they've managed to pull it off. Um, the body style is called a fastback. And, and actually, I think what, that's a... What, for the saloon? Well, they don't. it's not a saloon, it's a fastback, which basically means hatchback. It's a large hatchback is what it is. Oh, okay. Um, and it works it looks really really good and then it doesn't just stop on the outside when you go on the sit on inside the car and actually the the interior design is really modern and fresh and pretty cool and funky now that doesn't mean it's just one giant screen uh, you know looking looking at you here tesla you know it's got a screen but it's also got actual physical buttons for the things that you'd want actual physical buttons for and it's quite cool they've made them like uh piano key type things almost it's, it's like it's, it's, it's oh I don't yeah it's like a weird musical instrument that's been tacked underneath the screen with these silver keys on it and I like it it looks pretty pretty good they're taking the steering wheel straight from Citroen the steering wheel though that for me is something that does not make any sense so, so Peugeot have got this thing in, in their cars at the moment where the steering wheel is tiny like a go-kart steering mm. wheel and I get it because you've got this small steering wheel, which makes you feel like, you know, you're driving a sporty car and it's small and it's nimble and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates this sporty feel. Yeah. It works if you've got a small hatchback or a little hot hatch. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're sat in this car, which is a very, very big car and it's very big inside as well. And, and it's, there's space inside, but there's not space. And I'll come to that in a second. The small steering wheel thing just doesn't work. And the other thing about the small steering wheel, normally... You look through the steering wheel at your instrument binnacle cluster. Yeah, yeah. I so, can never get. I can never get well, that right. Yeah, in the Peugeot, you've got to look over the top of it. Now, it? I'm for anybody. Well, I say anybody. Not like all of our listeners have ever been in the car with me, but some of them have. You're a midget. And yeah, I'm not the tallest, but also I sit quite low down in the car. Yeah. So. For me, looking over the steering wheel was never an option in this thing. So I had this tiny letterbox gap to look through to be able to see how fast I was traveling. And it just caused me all manner of problems. I wasn't going to adjust the steering wheel so that my driving position was uncomfortable or sit really, really high No, you measure out your driving position because you think you're like Chris Harris. And Chris Harris has probably got the worst driving position of anyone. I don't understand. What, because he holds the steering wheel above his head? Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like, he thinks like, like, mate, that's that's not how you drive. But yeah, I, I I do sit quite low. Um, maybe it's a little bit Chris Harris esque. But yeah, yes. I, I therefore the steering wheel situation just did not work mm. for me. I get it; it makes it feel chuckable and nimble, but it just does not suit a big car like that. It doesn't make it feel chuckable and nimble, though, does it? Because it's a big car, so you can't really. This is where I was surprised, though. So I looked at it and thought, mm, "This is a nice looking thing." I got inside it and thought, mm, "This is a nice looking thing." Turned it on and started driving it and thought, "This is a nice thing." It's got a Bang & Olufsen handset for a gear shifter, hasn't it? Got a what? <laughs> you remember those Bang & Olufsen phones, the curved phones? It wasn't Bang & Olufsen, it was those Ver- Vertu phones. No, 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 no. Bang & Olufsen never made a... Did they yes, make they a did. phone? Yes, they did. Oh, my How God. How much did they charge for, like, 10 grand? Oh, yeah, it was about that. Yeah. yeah, it was about three, four grand. Or whatever. But, yeah, they made yeah, a phone yeah. that everyone kind of wanted at a time, like a banana-shaped sort of phone, and that's what it looks... Yeah, the gear, the, the gear lever does look like that, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it looks a bit odd, but I think it fits. Well, that's what everyone looks like now. Everyone does weird, weird games. You started the joystick and everyone's just taking yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, but so in, inside's cool. Then you start driving the thing. 
And for me, this is where they've nailed it. Oh, is it? Because Bloody hell. They, they have, because what they've done is, you know, sometimes you get into a car like this and it's if it's sporty, it's sporty, rock hard suspension, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and it just kind of, yes, it's got a grip, Yours wasn't but it's a not sport, pleasant. Was it? was it a sport? It, it was, it was a GT line. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. This wasn't, it was comfortable. It was rode over bumps really, really well. It didn't have like 25 inch wheels or something stupid mm. like that. It had, it had decent sized wheels for the size of the car, but it also had adequate tire sidewalls. And so it absorbed bumps really nice. It was a comfortable cruise of a car. But at the same time, it still managed to retain a bit of a sporty edge. What they've done, I realized after driving it for a while, they've made a really, really good taut chassis, but they haven't coupled it to rock hard suspension. They've coupled it to comfortable suspension. Fucking genius. Get the chassis right so the car feels right, but put it on suspension that has some give and some play in it. And it worked. That's true. Because most, most people aren't going to be honing that around, are they? And they don't. They're not going to be tail happy, and it doesn't. They don't need it to. They don't need to worry about body roll and such. I suppose in that. But um, did they have a sport button? Uh, yeah, I didn't try it. There's no point. Didn't do we anything. Did, you never didn't know, do it, though. Did, it was a it was a gearbox sport button. So all they did was let the gears rev. Oh, okay, high. okay. Right, it didn't do anything to suspension. So this one didn't have any of the adaptive suspension stuff. And to be honest, I'm glad because it didn't need it. It was, as I said, really, really well judged. So you didn't drive. The 508 Sport Engineered version, did no, you? No, I didn't. I didn't, know. Which is supposed to be a 3 Series rival, and it's tuned mm. to 355 brake. Wow, okay. It's a hybrid, though, but well, 355 brake. Yeah. It actually looks quite nice. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it does, and that's in pictures. In, in real life, I bet you will look better. That's actually even a 355 from the front, front wheels, yeah? Well, I don't know about that one. That might have all-wheel drive. The one I had oh, was, yeah, was front-wheel drive. Wheel, it? It was, yeah, uh, yeah. So the one I had had the 1.6 turbocharged petrol engine, 178 horsepower. Not the last word in horsepower, but it was fine. It pulled the car along fine. Um, you know, you, talk, about, issues. you just, talk about horse strength, but you know what? Even to the, even this day and age, with the cars like numbers against stupid, I think in this day and age, for your average run, 200 Brake horsepower is still fine. Absolutely fine. It's still more than enough. Because because car engines these days are all turbocharged, which means that they've got enough torque as well. And that's actually what you need. You need decent torque rather than out-and-out power. Yeah, yeah. The peak power is made at the top of the the, the rev band. You're not going to sit there at 6,000 RPM all day long. So what do you care if it's 200 horsepower, if it's 180? If it's got adequate torque where you need it in the mid-range, it's fine. And this had adequate torque in the mid-range, so it was fine. Nothing spectacular, right, in terms of how, how it pulled the car along. But it did the job absolutely mm. fine. And fuel economy was fine as well. I don't know exactly how many miles to oh, get. You're not game. amazed by I the was. fuel economy and so surprised and taken aback by it. No, I wasn't because it wasn't an A5 TDI from 2010. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, 0-60 to 60 in eight and a half seconds. Again, irrelevant, right? Because I didn't time myself from 0-60, to 60, so who cares? All I know is... But you've the... just turned me to a twat by saying that. Now, well, these are published five. statistics, right? I'm, I'm doing it's, everybody... There's, loads of, there's lots of published statistics that we don't talk about, right? Because they're pointless. True, I didn't I didn't measure how many... So now you've just become one of them wannabe fucking um, journalists <laughs> that <laughs> we bang on about. <laughs> right, so ignore the 0-60 to 60 time because it's irrelevant. All I'll tell you is that it's completely fine. On the move, there's enough acceleration to keep up with that. And, and to get, get ahead to of B. traffic and to get to be uh, yeah fine you're not going to be late basically it was big it's a big car but the interior didn't feel as big and that's because it's not that there wasn't space what they've done is they've 
put in big center consoles uh, and the you know the, there's lots of space between the passengers and they've done that to give it this feel of kind of uh, luxury and create separation in the cabin from the occupants and I get it and I get why they've done it and, and it's nice but I think if you were shopping for a car in that range you may appreciate having a little bit more leg room or passenger space Oi, potentially what's the lot. Peugeot symbol? A lion. Is it actually a lion? What else did you think it was? Why would it be a lion? I don't fucking know. I'm what's not... a lion got to do with French cars? And what's it got to do with Peugeot? I have no idea. Lion's supposed to be like king of the frigging jungle. Is that what they're trying to say? Maybe. Because I just quickly jumped onto the website. I just wanted to see what the biggest car they did is, but it is actually the five. Maybe you could ask Peugeot. Why don't you do that? Why don't you go and ask Peugeot? Hey, why the lion? And I've just realized, I looked at the one page and they said, I think they say, I think they call themselves the king of the lions. You are. The king no, of the lions them. of our time. Mate. You've that makes never been lions in any time. Yeah, I wouldn't, I definitely would not describe this car as the king of the jungle. It was good. It pleasantly surprising. I never realized it, it was a lion. A lion. Bloody hell. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I, 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 I knew it was a lion, but I never particularly cared it was a lion. No, also oh, below that, oh, it's a 308, isn't it? Yeah, which is not nice. And then there's the, Two or eight, one or eight. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, they do some vans. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. How excited you got? They do vans. a traveller. Peugeot do do vans. Anyway. Oh, yeah, they do. But, uh, yeah, they're not great, though. In summary of the 508, really good car, right? And it does feel special. It definitely feels a lot more special than the previous generation 508 or the 407 or the oh, 406 or anything nice, that yeah. came before it in, in that same category. It's a nice-looking car. It does feel special inside and out. But... Is it as special feeling as some of the premium alternatives that you can get? I, I don't know. Well, I was, I was going to ask you this question. I was going to say, but would you buy one? And forget the premiums, yeah? Because the premiums are the premiums, yeah? So the badge wankers are the badge wankers. Yeah. But would you buy one when you look at it against the, everything else available in the market? Well, so I'd, you won't be surprised to know because I do my research thoroughly. I had a look at what else you could get in the market and what you'd pay for it. No, so no, no. I'm asking, forget forget your research. Forget your statistics. Forget but your but price would have just, to come into it though, right? I'd have to consider price. I wouldn't buy one not knowing the price. No, no. Just on it being a Peugeot. On and it. compared to a Peugeot, a, a Kia, I'm just talking about the brand. Oh, yeah. I've got no reservation in buying a Peugeot. Would I buy the 508 though? On balance, I probably wouldn't buy the 508. See, I still couldn't buy a Peugeot. I mean, in that sense. No, I, I, I think I could, right? I can't get over them being French. I really want them to make... I want the 205 GTI to come back in modern form. And I know they've got so the 208. And the new 208 has just been launched, actually, which looks nice. I don't know if... I'm sure they will do a 208 GTI. They had a previous generation 208 GTI. Well, if they do just, a 508 Sport Engineered, I'm sure they'll do a Well, yeah, so, so, and, and, and I would, that's what I would buy. If I was going to buy a Peugeot, I would buy a Peugeot Hot Hatch. That's what I would get. I wouldn't necessarily get something like a so, 508. Whoa, whoa, wait, that's a, that's a pretty big thing to say. You're saying of all the other Hot Hatches out there, you would buy a Peugeot Hot Hatch? Yeah, if, if, if the 206 okay, GTI enough. was like the modern day equivalent of a 205 GTI or the Citroen Saxo VTS or something, you know, when, or the, you know, the Renault 5 or the Renault Clio Williams, when the French made hot hatches that were special. Do you know what though? Here's the thing, yeah. You just mentioned the Renault Clio Williams and I noticed on the post on you had on Instagram. You say it was, spe- it wasn't really, I mean, they just stuck a V6 lump in there. No, no, it no, no, wasn't no, no. Really that special. was, that wasn't the, that wasn't the Clio Williams. That no, no, was, that wasn't the Clio Williams. That, that was, was the, the Clio, that was a Clio V6. Clio V6. I'm talking about the Clio Williams. Yeah, but the Clio Williams, what do they do? Put some gold rims on it and put a pinstripe. 
No, they they what they did right, and this is oh. where they got it right. They didn't do what they do in the modern day and age, which is stick a whole bunch of horsepower in the yeah. front of it and yeah. let it understeer. They did chassis engineering and suspension engineering, which meant that I you think could that this have. Is, I don't think they did chassis engineering on mate. the Williams. Yes, I think it was the same chassis as the standard Clio. They just put they sorted out the suspension what? and damping a bit, but it wasn't the chassis was same. Well, either way, right? What they focused on was. Again, there you go. <laughs> Well, oh boy! We don't, we don't know if that's factual or not, and we will research that, and we'll find out who right, is right later. Me, I will get back to you, yeah. not in the show, but I'll get back to you later. But my point is, they focused on the drivability rather than the power, and that's what I want Peugeot to do because they can yeah, do it because they've done it with a, this 508. Proves that they can figure out how to get a combination of comfort and sportiness right in a car like this. Yeah, but so that's comfort. Can, it wasn't sport. It's not. It's no, not no, you but, said you said it's my, not sportiness. Yes, but comfort. my point is. If you can figure it out on a car like this and get it right, they must know a thing or two about tuning suspension to be able to get it to a point where a hot hatch feels right. It doesn't need to have 350 horsepower no, 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 to no. rival a Golf. No, 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 I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying about that yet, but this is, this is a five-way, is, is, is a cruiser, yeah? It's, in fact, it's a family car, yeah? It's going to go up and down, right? Back in the day when they did the original whatever GTR, I've never been interested in Persians, yeah? Back then, cars were matchboxes, yeah? You think about the original GTR. Yeah, they, they were, were super lightweight. You really didn't need to do that much to them, yeah? No, but you still needed to create that feel so that you had that connection to the car. And I get it because power steering was hydraulic then or didn't even exist. But they did that and the cars because there was nothing lighter. to the car though. I, I, I get yeah. it, but you can still, let's take the GR Yaris, you can still manufacture and create that level of feel into the car without out and out power. The GR Yaris has done that though, yeah? But because they've, they've given it some power and they've manufactured stuff like that and put it together, yeah. yeah? And because it's a modern day car, obviously it's a bit heavier and stuff like that. But cars of those days were effectively like... But my, po- my point nothing. is, right, if Toyota can do it with the GR Yaris... And we know that once upon a time, Peugeot had the skill to do it. And now, Peugeot still have the engineering know-how to make a 508 right. I think they have the, I believe, or want to believe, they have the engineering know-how to still make a hot hatch, a really good hot hatch. When did the, when did the GTI stop, the Peugeot, that, uh, that one you go on about? What, which what one? Reason? 205 GTI. The 205 GTI, yeah. Uh, 1992, I okay. want to say. 1992, did it? Wait, when I'm... Till nine? Oh, 1992, sorry. Yeah, okay. Since then... What other, what other performance cars have they done? They've, they've done a couple of hot 206s and 208s, but they've never been as so good. The 206 really, GT, not the GTI wasn't of, bad. The GT was quite good. So they haven't really done that, have they? But they haven't. The 306 GTI 6 was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. The 306 GTI. Yeah, yeah, GTI 6, yeah. So that had yeah, the but again, that was 90s, wasn't it? That was, yeah, that came after the 205, though. Definitely came after the 205. Yeah, so, 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 they, so I don't think, so when you're saying they still got the know-how, I don't think they have the well, know I think that too, that GTI was like a one-off. But they've but, demonstrated that they know what they're doing. I know the 508 is a different car, but if you can figure out what you're doing with a car like this, why can you not get your shit together to figure out for a smaller car? Because it's easy to figure out what you're doing with a car that doesn't have a lot of power, isn't expected to do a lot. But but they everybody else gets it wrong. You know, Who? what with a with a with a mid-range saloon-sized car, all of the German manufacturers get it wrong. Let's fit rock-hard suspension to a rock-hard chassis to tiny rubber band tires and call it sport. No, no, but if you don't get the sport version of any like, but any I got, saloon. but I got the sport version of the Peugeot, and it was still 
perfectly you, judged. I think we've done this in a couple of episodes before, as in what is what is a sport. So it's not real. It, they're just calling it a sport because know, it looks but, a bit funky, right? Yeah, I know. But, 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 but it's you, not a sport. But if you did the same with the German manufacturers and you bought the version that looked a bit funky, it no, still comes with all the shit suspension that you. Don't but want. that's because they're taking sport and trying to make it a bit more meaningful to make it a sport. Yeah, so you've got to have a bit yeah. stiffer suspension and stuff like that. So that's a more truer sport. That the the five hundred eight is not a true truer sport. They just called it a sport and made given made it look a bit funky and stuff like that. You know, I'm right, and I just no, let you down. I, I, I potentially I don't know, right? Because we we need to then drive the super hot performance version that you're talking about. But my point is, oh no, yeah, yeah, forget that. But my point is though, if you, if you're going to compare them, if you want a GT line trim or an M Sport trim or S line trim or whatever, yeah. right? They're your choices. You've got manufacturers that make it rock hard, and mm-hmm. you've got manufacturers like Peugeot who get the blend absolutely right. Yeah, I think they're having people on with a sport bag. I don't know. It looked pretty sporty, as you're saying. That's look, that's, that, yeah, and that's look, 95% look, of the reason why people buy them. Because yeah, they look true, sporty, true, right? Yeah, true, true, true. Because they they'll, they'll still buy a 318 IM Sport. Yeah, that's true. Comes with a 1.5 three-cylinder engine. But yeah, they'll buy that just because it's a BMW. The BMW yeah. sell them shit in the boot and they'll still, they'll still walk away with it. Yeah, it's fine. But back to price then. And another reason why I wouldn't buy this person is because of depreciation. Peugeot's just depreciate like a motherfucker. Yeah, um, that's true. Especially the bigger the Peugeot, the bigger the depreciation. But this is 34k, one of these. How much? 34 grand. Get out of here. Yeah, that's for the GT line 1.6 petrol turbo automatic that I drove. The range is from 30 to the cheapest one would be about 32 grand and go up to about 39 grand before options. Damn! Yeah, it's not a cheap car, right? And when you look at the competition, the Mondeo, although only available as a diesel, that's between 32 to 33 grand. So you could have, if you, if you weren't bothered about the fuel that it used, you could get a Mondeo. Right? Yeah, or yeah. arguably still a benchmark for a yeah. lifetime. You could get a VW Passat. They do that either with a petrol 1.5 TSI, roughly the same kind of horsepower automatic. The R line, so that's the one that looks sporty. Yeah. Yeah. 32 grand as well, right? So slightly cheaper than the Peugeot, mm-hmm. a couple of grand cheaper. And then when you go to the performance ones, you could get a BMW 318iM Sport for 34k. Performance ones? You're not really going to go to... No, no, so, uh, sorry, I meant uh, performance, I meant premium. 34k for a 318? 318iM Sport, yeah. Bloody hell, that's expensive. It is, but it just goes to show how expensive the Peugeot is, right? How, how much was the Peugeot? Same price, 34k. Actually, you know what though? The Peugeot 508. No, it looks good. It looks nicer than the 3 Series. It does look nicer than the 3 Series. A lot nicer. Yeah, and if the, if the new M is anything to go by, the new 3 Series is just going to be fucking hideous. The, well, no, that is the new 3 Series. Well, yeah, sorry, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, just, yeah, they're not, they're not going to change the You just drive around with the Ultimate Warrior stuck on your front end. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then if you look at the other Germans, you've got the Mercedes uh, C-Class, 37K for a C200 AMG line. So which that's even more expensive. Bit, which is actually just a big A-Class salute. Which is just a big A-Class salute. Right. That is what it is. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Fo- photocopier technology that that's it just blow it up make it a bit longer that's it job done and speaking of photocopy of design ethos the audis audi a4 s line 35 tsi s tronic i've no idea what the fuck any of that means by the way we've still got to figure out what these numbers mean for audi don't we well yeah 35 the 35 means it's got 150 horse strengths um does not to 60 in about nine seconds but what we need to figure out is how they relate the 35 to the 100 to the brake horsepower and what the calculation is for that maybe i'll research that for next episode yeah. maybe i want to see if i get bored but that's 36k so it's it's not cheap. It's overpriced, I think. They're punching hard. I get it's a really nice car and I really did enjoy driving it and I was pleasantly surprised. But if they, it was cheaper, if it was like 30K, then you'd go, yeah, solid case there. They've done buy it. 
they've done what Jaguar did in the sense that almost overnight they've come out with a brand new image and they think because they've created a brand new image almost instantly they can charge premium as well when you, you can't s- you say that right have they because they're still making the 3008 what's the 3008 the MPV thing yeah <laughs> So he said the image isn't all no, that. No, 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 no. Image is, sorry, image in terms of design. Sorry, not image yeah. design. The designs do look modern now, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look almost overnight. As I said, the new, the new 208 looks lovely. I yeah. love the look of that. So they've thing. redesigned almost overnight and they think, and someone's always thought, yeah, you know what? We are making some nice looking cars now. Let's charge more. Yeah. Well, it don't work like that. But you know what? You've just gone through that list, but there will be idiots out there that go and buy them. The Peugeots. And I want them people to get in touch with us. Well, I can only assume it's because they got a brilliant deal. They saved a shitload off of list price to the point where the saving on list price for the Peugeot was bigger than the difference for the BMW or Listen, whatever. The most you ever save on list price here, two, three grand? I don't know. Even with Carwell? Well, that's the thing. I'm, 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 you say that, right? When I was looking for the Mercedes, so 37K is how much it is list price. Mercedes right now are offering you for brand new unregistered cars, and I don't know if it's just an offer for March, you can get one for about 27 grand. 10 grand off list. Yeah, they phoned me up the other day, actually. I was like, Mercedes did. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we'll bring out a new player. We knew how customers are. I was like, do, do, do you realise what, what the climate is at the moment? That's why they've just taken 10 grand on. off the cost of a C-Class. Like, here you go. Here's some consumer advice that you shouldn't listen to or follow. 27 grand for a C-Class? 27 grand for a brand new C-Class. Yeah, but their finance offers are crap. Well, they are, yeah. That's Mercedes the finance problem with Mercedes. But if you're looking to finance it yourself independently of, of, of Mercedes or you want to go and you've got 30 grand to spend on a car and you thought a C-Class was out of your, your uh, a new one was out of your price bracket. It's not. I saw this a couple brand of days new C-Class. Brand new C-Class, yeah, yeah, yeah. 27 grand. But what do you get with that? Four wheels and a steering wheel? Probably. Yeah. Probably four some more yeah. disgusting looking. Yeah, we'll take it? 10 grand off and then you can spec it up and it'll cost you an extra 15 grand on top. Whatever the philosophy, I guess the point is, you know, they're, they're offering big discount off list and Peugeot may be doing the same, right? And that might explain why you get people buying them. If it was cheaper, genuinely to go back to your question, would I buy one? I probably would strongly consider it, you know? You know what? I haven't driven one, but on looks, it'd certainly be a contender on paper. It, it, it was nice. I like yeah. it. I want to drive another one. I would like to drive the performance one, but you know what? If I didn't oh, get I the full performance one, I wouldn't be upset. I'd love to drive the, the example of the one that I had again. Yeah, that's because you're an old man. Yeah. Anywho, that's Peugeot and the Peugeot 508. Those cars are wasted in your hands anyway. <laughs> They're just like they're not wasted yeah, they are. because I give they are. the the lovely ladies and gentlemen at home a very thorough overview. No, I said performance cars are wasted. Performance cars are not wasted. Either. I've seen the way you drive. Oh my god, please, you drive like Miss Daisy. <laughs> you just sit there, scarf on, gloves on, peak cap. You try and tilt it to the side just so you don't look a complete old twat. And then you just sat there pootling along. Mate, that time I when when I when when you were going back. And someone let you in. That was me tearing you up in the C class. I, I saw that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, yeah, yeah. But you were you were in a rush to go somewhere. And Mate, I, I was not going that quick. I you, was pootling. Genuinely, you was you was doing about fifty five, sixty. We've discussed this. We never do more than 69 miles per hour on the motorway and I was doing 69 miles per hour. Thank you, you were not much. doing 69 miles an hour, mate. There was no way. And I was like, what is this guy? I was. Do? And you went past me at lightning speed. So you must have been doing at least 70. 77. Is that what we're allowed to do? Yeah. 77 <laughs> I was doing, mate. According to the speed. Like, what is this guy? The motorways are dead. There's no coppers around. And he just sat there. I was like, on, and on that stretch of motorway, you can you can hone it down there on the best, on the worst of I, days. I, but I had... 
I had nowhere to be at any point it, in time. Forget where you had to be. I was it's enjoying the podcast that I was listening to. But it's what you had under your foot, mate. And, oh my God. Well, I, no, I, I didn't have anything exciting under my foot that day. I had a yes, you under did. My foot that day. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. did. Oh, I did. Yes, maybe you did. I did. Okay, I did. So I made you park it up on the other side. Oh, yeah. Or well, maybe I, look, sometimes I just like the noise it makes. But you weren't doing any, you weren't going fast enough for it to make any noise. Whatever. I I want to justify it to myself. I need to take it. you for a test drive again because it's probably it's probably going to need a good old Italian tune-up. Anyway, was there anything you wanted to, to uh, speak to the lovely ladies and gentlemen about today? No, I think I'll say what I said. I thought I'd let you run the show today. So, and I think I've... It's very kind of you. Contributed in, before before in we depart, though, I did get something. Probably offended a few. I did get some person. I got something in the mail. I say in the mail, in the email, um, which a follow a follow a listener shared with us as well, actually, which was quite cool, and it, and it amused me, and it might even amuse you too, actually. So, mm. this was uh, I'm insured with Admiral. They ask if you were single. No, they didn't ask if I was single. Um, I'm insured through Admiral. Admiral did not ask if you're single. Actually, they do actually ask if you're single. You. I don't know why, 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 the why does that matter? matter? Yeah, what's my marital status got to do with because my Maybe quite? if you've got your kids and you drive slower or whatever, but I'm not going to drive with them everywhere. But what if I'm married? I mean, then doesn't ask me if how many children I've got and doesn't ask me the ages of oh, my yes. children. So what's that got to do with anything? Fuck and Why does what job you do make a difference? I don't know. That's actually sidetracked completely. Obviously, I'm, I've mentioned at the start of the show, I'm going to be selling a, a used car on behalf of a family member. And I did a bit of research just to see what the market was for these things. And I came across an ad, and this isn't the only one. Mm-hmm. Why is it when people are selling a used car, if the current or previous owner is a doctor, they have to tell you it's a doctor? If it's anybody else, any oh, other profession, yeah. they don't tell I've you. That before. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> no one former doctor owner. It's like, yeah, what does that mean? So fucking yeah. what? Actually, and I'll tell you what this is annoys me now, yeah. Obviously, because I've got the vans to sell and that. So if anyone wants a van, if you need a bit more space for your kids, get a van, throw them in the back of that, job done. No one can see them in the back of it, so you can't get caught on grip for having them in the back of the van with no seat belts or seats. But this is what annoys me, yeah. When people write an advert a hundred and twenty thousand miles from new. <laughs> when else would it be from? <laughs> Would they be from? <laughs> hundred and twenty thousand miles from one hundred and twenty thousand. So it's done one hundred and twenty thousand miles, but fifty of those thousand miles were done last week. The rest were done when it was brand new. What you just drive? And then people write stuff like someone was advertising something. We've had an absolutely brand new floor put in. I'm talking a van reference at the back of your floor. Absolutely brand new floor put in. A f- new floor is new. Yeah, it's either brand new, new or it's not. New. Well, I don't. This is the thing. New is new. Well, fine, there's no yeah. brand new. There's no absolutely brand new. Yeah, I was go- I was going toward the absolutely right. You don't. There's there's, there's too many words there. Do you know why do you need it? And there's like, oh, this this is an absolute bargain. No, I'll decide if it's a bargain or not when I'm buying it. If I look at the price, I don't need you to tell me as a seller maybe, that it's an absolute bargain. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should put. Uh, completely meaningless adjectives in the descriptions of the stuff we're about to sell and maybe we should claim that a, f- a former owner was a doctor how the fuck are they going to know do that? they're going to call up the former owner and say can you do an operation see when I'm so when I'm advertising that I'm like you just need the basis but I think you're right a lot of people just like they think the more you write the m- I don't know it must I'd be, like to know. If, any, if any of you listening out there have ever been attracted by a used car advert because the owner or the previous owner was a doctor let us know, please. I really yeah. want to know why. why. What is it? Is it yeah. because we think doctor, therefore must be rich, therefore must have been able to maintain the car properly? Because the other side of that it is really doctor matter. works 100 hours a week, 
can't be fucked to maintain their car, treats it yeah. like shit because they just need to get to the hospital and back, yeah. and then they sleep. And it may have missed four services. There's, that's the other side of it. If a car's got a service book stamped up, it doesn't really matter who owned it, does it? No. Discrimination. Anyway, right, sorry. Back to what I was talking about. So Admiral sent me an email um, after asking me if I was married or single for my insurance quote. And, and within that, there was this uh, article... 10 of the best new cars coming in 2021. Yeah? Right. So the title is 10 of the best new cars coming yeah. in 2021. Just digest that for a second. 10 of the best. So you would expect to see some pretty phenomenal shit on this list, right? Yeah. Supercars, hypercars, hot hatches, performance cars. Well, exciting okay. stuff, right? May, yeah, yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Let me give you some highlights from the list. Fiat 500. Voxel Mocha. This is a top oh 10. Oh my God, the mock. There's a Fiat 500 I could give, yeah. No, the, the list gets worse. Yeah. Citroen C4. What? Mazda MX-30. 10 of the Nis- best new cars. Is this the best that the crap have to offer? Best new cars, yeah. Nissan Aria. Which, by the way, actually is quite cool. Uh, I quite is like it? that. Hyundai Tucson. All of those cars... Well, that looks quite nice, actually. Yes, but they're all SUVs or 4x4s. In the list of best new cars coming in 2021, why the fuck are there eight, seven, sorry, 4x4s SUVs off-roaders? Because that's where, that's where everything's going these days, isn't it? But why is that 10 of the best? What is it? So they it's say not best, 10 of the best so SUVs. They, they didn't say the greatest cars coming. So they, and Best? But yeah, yeah. But the best for your average person. So they're, they're, t- they're talking about your normal average run-of-the-mill cars and what people are buying now, which happens to be fucking SUVs. Everyone wants an SUV for some stupid reason. All I know is when I read that article, I thought... Well, you were getting... So true. you thought there was going to be some exotics in there, but yeah. No. Well, there was one. Maserati MC20, which looks pretty fucking cool, to be honest. MC20? That's their sports car. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice-looking thing. But, I mean, I, I'm not sure anyone's going to buy it. It's... Uh, Actually, look at that. Whatever happened to Noble? The Noble still do 621 horsepower, 0-60 time of less than 3 seconds, top speed over 200 miles per hour. So that... I would agree that that is probably one of the best cars coming in 2021. No, it's not. In comparison to a Vauxhall Mocha, though, why are those two things because on the same list? Because I'll tell you list? what, the Vauxhall Mocha is probably more usable on the road. Why are that both... Maserati is, is... Why are they both on the same list? Get oh, your yeah, shit together, true. Admiral. That's true, that's true. Get yeah. your shit together. Anyway. Tag them in the post. You put it on Instagram. I will tag them in the post. Um, that's it, really. That brings me to the end of the show. Are we done? Are you? Are you at the end of the show? Have we made it in time for kickoff? Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. cool. When that I've got case, a few stops on the way home, but yeah, we will leave the lo- lovely listeners to have their uh, pleasant evening, day, whatever it is. That Can I put shit up on Instagram today about this post, or is it? No, it's not live yet, is it? It's not going to be live, is it? Uh, no. This are you putting one up tonight? Um, no. This is when this isn't a radio broadcast. <laughs> That's not how this works. It's this, Wednesday though, isn't it? Yes. No, would you like to know the date when this episode comes out? No, no, no. You no, wouldn't no. like to know the date when this episode comes out. No. Unless every two weeks now, isn't it? Yes, we are. We are publishing one episode every two weeks just so that we can catch up with ourselves. It gives you lazy shits time to like catch up on our episodes. Well, I was going to say gives us the opportunity to catch up with ourselves, but yeah. The yeah but also is, people that you know are too busy updating the weather status on their Facebook feed. Yes, those people. But this episode will be released on the 10th of March. So if you want to spam them with some Instagram it's crap like, on the 10th yeah. of March, you can do that. Cool. Okay. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. If you are still listening, if you're not listening, then it doesn't really matter what I'm about to say, does it? Because you won't hear it. So drive it like you stole it. Yes, but safely, of course. And with that, we will uh, leave you alone. Goodbye. Bye.